All right, in just a few moments, we're going to really get into, uh, as we continue the series, This Is Us, on mentoring and what mentoring means. Uh, and before we do that, let's, uh, let's pray for God's blessing. Heavenly Father, we just praise you so much for the opportunities that we have every day uh, to just invest in other people's lives. And Lord, we're so thankful for those that have invested in us. And uh, I pray as a congregation that we realize that this is such a critical value that uh, we, we mentor across generations. Thank you for loving us so much that through your son, we see the power of discipleship and the power of mentoring. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. All right, uh, Todd Edwards, you want to come up and help me with this? So uh, if you've been married, I'm looking for couples that were, have been married uh, at least 50 years. Do we have any folks married 50 years or more? Anyone? Oh, good. All right. So Todd, I want you to take them. Start. Anybody else? Got another one? Okay, we got two. Here we go. Take. All right. Here, get, take one just in case. Okay, keep your hands high. And so while Todd is bringing you this uh, Steak and Shake gift card for $5. Yeah, that's cheap. So anyway, uh, and if you go happy hour, two to four at Steak and Shake, it's great. Oh, we got another one, Todd. Keep your hands raised. Yeah, I got, I got. No. So here's while the groups that uh, the couple's married 50 years or more. I'm just going to ask you a real quick question. You can yell it out. And that is, is there a difference between a wedding and a marriage? Hey, just the folks married 50 years say, oh, yeah, you can. So there is a di- So what would you say the difference is between a marriage and a wedding? Wedding is superficial and marriage. <laughs> a wedding is superficial and a, and a, wed- and a marriage is it's long lasting. Yeah. Anyone else that's been married 50 years or more, the difference between a wedding and marriage? Anyone? Now let's just let's open up to everybody. So anybody can answer this one. What's the difference between a wedding and marriage? What's that? Yeah, marriage is real life. Okay. By the way, anybody know what an average wedding cost in Monroe County? Yeah, a lot. Eighteen thousand dollars is the average in Monroe County. So uh, we know a lot about weddings. It's a big day. It's a special day. Uh, and here's what I like to say in, in the Christian journey. A lot of times when somebody surrenders their life to Jesus Christ, and they accept Christ as Lord and Savior. Matter of fact, we're, we're really excited. We're going to have a baptism after second service. Uh, that's like a wedding. It's a ceremony. But boy, that's just the beginning. Life is like a marriage. I mean, it's every day. And those of you that have been married over 50 years, is it every day easy? No. Okay, that's why you have a... That's why we have a steak and shake a gift card. I mean, it is hard, okay? So I want, want all of us to just this morning just to focus on how important what we're going to get into really is, because when we talk about mentoring, that's what mentoring is, is to say we want to walk with folks every step of the way, knowing that life is not all about the big special day. It's all about day after day after day. Matter of fact, uh, you know, you've heard me repeat this last two, three uh, Sundays is that our mission statement is people helping people grow generations of Christ-led influencers. The first value we talked about last week is we live like God owns everything. And the value today is we mentor across generations. And that's important. Because what that says is when you mentor someone or you're being mentored, it isn't uh, gender-specific and it isn't age-specific. Everyone matters. All ages 
matter. And so it's for all of us. Mentoring is a brain to pick, an ear to listen, and a push in the right direction. Just think of all the biblical examples of mentoring. Think of Naomi investing in Ruth. David investing in his mighty men. Think of how beautiful it was as Elizabeth with child, John the Baptist, mentored to Mary with the Savior. Just think of the mentoring that took place. 2 Timothy 2, 2 says to equip one another. Titus 2, 2 through 5 says older women invest in younger women. Mentoring is all over the Bible, and it's for us. All of us need to be a part of that process. I want to share with you why this is uh, such an important part of my life, and I hope it's an important part of your life. When I was in eighth grade, I was spiritually, I, I was, I mean, I was just hanging in there, and my mom knew that, and uh, I was one of those kids, I'm, some of you are the same way, my mom drugged me to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and I hated it. I mean, it was so boring, and I, and my mom would hear this Sunday after Sunday, it's like, oh, my mom, this is, you know, and so she was so excited. Church of about 100, she said, this is 1974. She goes, the church just hired a new youth minister. And I'm like, really? And uh, didn't even know what a youth minister was. And she said, yeah, he's from Indiana. I'm like, uh, you know, Indiana, because I grew up near St. Louis. So anyway, uh, she says, 19, nice guy. I think you're going to like him. So a few weeks after this guy was hired, uh, we had Sunday school and then church, and so we pull in right before Sunday school, and I look over, and the police car uh, has pulled this guy over. And my mom looked at me and said, oh, he's so embarrassed. Don't say anything when you go inside, because, you know, he probably ran a stop sign. So just, I said, oh, don't worry about mom. You know, so as soon as I get inside, I'm like, hey, the new guy, totally busted. Could be speeding, manslaughter, who knows? I, we don't know, you know. Well, that 19-year-old kid from Indiana was Tom Ellsworth. Okay. <laughs> Manslaughter at 19, who would know, uh, you know? But Tom was our youth minister for two years, so he knew me from 14 to 16, my, my glory years. And, uh, but I'm so thankful that he invested in me, that he invested in this, this group of pretty, pretty rough kids. And he started sharing things with me that nobody had ever shared before. You know, John, I think... I think you're a leader. I'm like, oh, really? He goes, yeah, not always the right way, but yeah, you're a leader. You're a leader. And um, he'd plant things like, have you ever thought about Bible college? You ever thought about, I'm like, what? You know, uh, and I will never forget how he invested in me, invested in my, my buddies, because it meant so much. All of us can look back in our lives, and we remember people who've invested in us, who believed in us. That took time for us. And that's what we want you to pray about. You may be in your life where you can invest in somebody else's life, or you may be at a point in your life, you're praying, God, I, I want somebody to invest in me. I need a mentor. And so I am so thrilled this morning. Carrie Curry is going to come and share his heart. Uh, Carrie has a wonderful book called Unlikely Discipler. And uh, when I was praying over this a few weeks ago, I thought, man, I want you to hear the heart of Carrie because Carrie just lives this every day. And it's not because he has to. It's because he is passionate about this. So I know he doesn't want me to do this, but uh, have a huge hand for Carrie Curry as he comes up here.
All right. Good morning, Sherwood West. This is uh, an honor to, uh, to be here with you. And uh, at the first service, some of my college kids were here, and they shuffled my papers. So I think I've got them in the right order, and we'll be fine. But uh, I know you're a uh, ch uh, church filled with grace, so the, uh, the first order of business is I'm not a public speaker. So just to extend a little bit of grace if I fumble or lose track a little bit. But uh, I hope that uh, you'll enjoy the things that I have to talk about. Uh, and thanks, John. John believes in mentoring probably as much as anybody that I know. And for him to, to uh, surrender the platform for uh, a Sunday so that I could talk about something that he loves so much, it's, uh, it's pretty incredible. So I want to start this morning by sharing a story, a discipleship story, a mentoring story. There was a young man, um, his name was Chris Heaney, and uh, he was a freshman at Indiana University, and I got acquainted with Chris, and he was from uh, Bremen, Indiana, way up north, and we started on a discipleship journey. He wanted to meet for a cup of coffee, and we talked, and uh, talked about life and what his purpose was and relationships and how hard it was at IU just trying to stay on focus. And uh, it, it developed into one of the most uh, wonderful relationships that uh, uh, I've had. But with all discipleship relationships, there's always somebody that somebody will recommend, go, hey, you know, you ought to meet up with somebody else. So he introduced me to this uh, young man named Jordan Jones. And Jordan was about as solid as a rock. And, uh, but he wanted to grab coffee. He wanted to study the Bible. He wanted to talk about some of his struggles. He wanted to talk about, you know, how to be a good leader in a relationship. And we went on, we went on an incredible journey. But one Thursday morning, I remember at the poorhouse, um, Jordan kind of had a little, he was kind of a little light in his, in his uh, step. And uh, I said, what's going on, man? And he goes, I met this girl. And I go, well, you know, usually in college, you know, we, we usually meet somebody. He goes, oh, she's different. She's different. He goes, you know, I met her, but she lives in Indianapolis. I'm here in Bloomington. And um, I said, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, you know, it's, it's going to be okay. We can, we can talk about how this will work. And he goes, and her name's Rachel. And I said, great name. But then he said something really incredible. He goes, I think you know her parents, John and Marie Robertson. And I went, wow. So when I kind of got my composure together, I went over and I grabbed Jordan's hand and I looked at him and I said, don't mess it up. You've hit the jackpot. So <laughs> I, there's a picture of, of John's daughter and Marie's daughter, Rachel, with Jordan. There's me and, and Chris Heaney that... Uh, uh, made that introduction. So just a quick story to tell you, it's a small world. You never know where the connections are um, in, in these relationships. Um, a call to mentor. And I think Sherwood chose the word mentor uh, carefully because it seems a whole lot less intimidating than to disciple. But I hope and I can encourage you today that if you will embrace this biblical command, I promise you your life will be fuller if you accept Jesus' command to disciple. And if you've been mentored or discipled, you already know how much of an impact that can have on your life. So I know you're asking the question, well, do I really have to do this? Well, let's look at what um, Jesus says. And we've got a slide we're going to put up here 
on the uh, screen, which is the Great Commission, and that's the uh, uh, many churches are founded on uh, these words. So I'll read them to you. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus is asking us, his followers, that's all of us, to go out and make disciples, to teach them, to delve into this man Jesus was so that we can emulate him and bring people closer to the understanding of a full life. Even when the command seems overwhelming, and it is, look at the last sentence, and surely I am with you always. I find great comfort in that. I know that he's with me always when I invite him into my life. Now, I think if we were all honest, how many have read that passage? Everybody knows that passage. As I say, it's kind of, a, uh, it's kind of the mission statement for so many churches, but probably not a lot of us have really embraced it and, and found it to be a calling. But for me personally, uh, there was another passage that really hit me right between the eyes, and it was from Psalm 71, and uh, it haunted me from the moment I read it. It was probably the, the passage that pushed me the most, uh, and David said it, but it spoke to me, and it sparked that obedience to mentor and disciple, and uh, I've got it on the, on the screen here. I think you'll understand why it haunts me. Uh, so even to old age and gray hairs, oh God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation, your power to all those to come. That was my trigger moment. That was my calling moment for Carrie. That, uh, and God has been faithful. He's put more mentoring and discipling opportunities in my path than I could have ever imagined. Uh, and look closely at the passage. I love uh, this ESV version of it because it says proclaiming your might to another generation. He doesn't necessarily say the younger generation, but to another generation. And we're talking about mentoring across generations. So let's say someone is, uh, you know, hasn't hasn't really had a relationship with Christ until a little bit later in their life. You know, this is the time to look for someone to walk with you at that time and bring you uh, closer to him. If we are to mentor and if we're to disciple as Jesus commanded us to do, you and I have to understand what the qualifications are. There's qualifications to doing this and doing it right. So you can get out a pen if you want, and I'm going to give you the qualifications. Now, I'm just kidding. You don't need a pen because the qualifications are pretty easy. And I know everybody right here in this front row over here knows those qualifications. It's love God, love others. Those are the only qualifications uh, to disciple. Um, let's look at who Jesus chose to be his disciples. Um, and they discipled all the days of their lives. Who were those 12 disciples? They were ordinary people, just like you and me. No great theologians, just ordinary people. I call them unlikely disciplers. And if uh, uh, you have a chance maybe sometime to get my book, I know they've got it back there. That's what I titled the book, An Unlikely Discipler, because that's me. I'm very unlikely to be a discipler. But so were the ones that Jesus chose. Who were they? Fishermen, tax collectors, tradesmen. So we all have the qualifications, just ordinary people who love God and love others. 
John asked me to share about my discipleship ministry. Uh, it's impacted my life so much that, uh, as I said, I wrote the book, and um, it's uh, unlikely that, that I did that in my stage of life, but I, I embraced the calling, and I loved uh, being able to invest in the lives of others. God did create us to be relational, and the most successful discipleship journeys begin with developing a relationship with someone. I believe if you pray and if you ask God to put someone in your life, he will. Ask God to slow down your pace, to open your eyes wider. This may be someone in your row today. This may be someone in your workplace, in your life group, just waiting for someone to ask you to grab a cup of coffee. Develop a relationship, get to know each other, and seek God on your journey. So, um, I'm going to walk this way just a little bit because there's a few of the guys that I've had the opportunity to disciple, and they've heard this story, but this is really something that I think is, is, is good for everybody to hear. A lot of times they say, well, I just, you know, I'm so busy with school. I'm so busy with, with trying to balance, you know, maybe a girlfriend and studies and, and church and, and doing all the things I want to do. I don't even have time to pray. And I say, you know what? Um, you have time to pray. I said, let's talk about your shower. So we'll talk about taking a shower this morning. So I, I asked the guys, and I, this has never failed. When you take a shower, you take a shower the same way every morning, don't you, Marshall? Never change up your routine. <laughs> if Marshall starts with his hair, he always starts with his hair and finishes up. So what a great time to pray. What a great time to ask God, you know, to slow down your pace. God, if there's someone you want me to disciple, if there's someone you want me to mentor, if there's someone you want me to bring closer to Christ, you know, put them in my path. And you know what? God's faithful. If you pray that prayer, if you really want to invest in someone's life, do that. Or on the flip, if you need somebody in your life, you go, you know, I just want someone to walk with me, pray that prayer. And I promise you that person will, will come into your life. The other uh, story I like to tell sometimes about just being aware because we're all on such a fast pace is in my workplace. Uh, rarely does someone come to my office and say, have you got a minute that they want to talk about hours or wage or conflict? Usually there's something they want to talk about, and I need to pay attention to that. I need to always be aware when somebody wants to talk. And even if you can't sit down that moment, I want to be sure that I go back to that and uh, spend that time with them. So we've got to build trust in this relationship. Trust the foundation of a successful mentorship and discipleship journey. Trust has to be earned by both parties. Trust comes from listening well and trying not to be the person who has all the answers. Once trust is earned, mentoring can be achieved. I love what the author, uh, Dan Spader, who wrote a lot about discipling says, because I believe he's right on. He had three points. He said, number one, cultivate a relationship, plant seeds, reap the harvest in celebrating their growth in vibrant relationship with Christ. And that's true. That it's much more simple than we want to make it out to be. Another passage that I love in uh, the Bible comes from the book of John, and it's a life-changing ex uh, life exchange between Jesus and his disciple Peter after Jesus returns from the cross. So I want you to look at it, and I'll read it. 
with you here. It's one of my, it's really one of my favorites that emphasizes the importance of discipleship. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to them, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he had said that to him the third time. Do you love me? He said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. I think this is a brilliant passage. Uh, Jesus gave Peter the opportunity to confess his love for him as many times as Peter had denied him. This is the beginning of yet another commission for us to disciple through the words uh, to Peter. Peter's called to disciple just as Christ has discipled him. We're called to disciple just as Christ commissioned us to do. And if you read Peter's letters, 1 Peter, 2 Peter, you're going to find a man that was faithful to discipling, to feeding people all the days of his life. So as it began, Jesus says once again, follow me. We want others to follow Christ, so how can we get on this journey with someone? And if you're someone wanting to be mentored, seek out that person God lays on your heart that you believe will take the time to love you and grow you in your faith. Over the past 10 years, and I'm, I'm saying this humbly, please take it that way, I've discipled over 75 young men ages 18 to 25 at Indiana University, and I know how you're, what you're thinking. How in the world could that be possible? So let me tell you about my discipleship story and how it started. Uh, I was in my office one day, and uh, my receptionist came back and said, there's a young man that wants to see you. And um, I thought, okay, I've got time. I'm going to go up and get him. I get him, took him back to my office. And uh, just like I figured, he wanted some money. He was raising money for something. And uh, so I said, you know, what, what's going on? He goes, well, you know, I'm, I'm a freshman at Indiana University, and I want to start a little 500 cycling team. And I thought, oh, little 500 cycling team. I don't know. I don't know if there's going to be a lot of benefit here. But I said, well, tell me a little bit more. Tell me a little bit more about that. He goes, well, I... Um, live at the Christian Student Fellowship House. So that sparked an interest right there. And I said, well, tell me, what, what would the bike team do? And he goes, well, it'd be an opportunity for us to do Bible studies, to grow together as brothers, to do things during this weekend of the year that's often, well, this is the weekend, you know, seen different ways. And the more I listened to him, I thought, you know what? I think I'm going to invest in that. I think I'm going to do it. And... Um, Next time that he came back, we were sitting in my office, and he goes, would you disciple me? And I went, wow, would I disciple you? I'd love to disciple you. He goes, you know, it's just tough. IU, there's so many distractions. There's so many things pulling at you. Uh, I just want to continue my walk. I want to be, you know, I want to lead my life the right way. I want to, when I'm in a relationship, I want it to go the right way. And I'm really uh, kind of flabbergasted because he's snuck in the back door and he's, he's back there. You want to wait? Throw your hand up in the air. He's got a wife and baby right now, and I actually officiated their wedding. But through that first relationship, multiplication began. 
that relationship introduced me to so many people because there were other guys on the cycling team, and all of a sudden people would say, hey, would you want to grab a cup of coffee? And that's how it happened. I wouldn't know Bradley right over here if it hadn't have been for that uh, cycling team. Chris Heaney that I mentioned right at the beginning because of that cycling team. So uh, multiplication can begin, and uh, it's, it's just an incredible, incredible journey. But there's things, too, that I learned uh, about discipleship. And one of them is, get ready for this, church isn't the place where discipleship happens. And John needs to feel really good about this because I believe for years the senior pastors have felt the burden of there to bring everybody closer to Christ and grow their relationship with Christ. And that's not the way it was set up at all. We're the ones commanded to do it. We're the ones that are to walk with people and bring them closer. John gets to plant great seeds, but then we need to go take those seeds, build these relationships, and walk with each other. Um, the other thing I've, I figured out is that there's no cookie-cutter recipe for discipleship. Every one of my journeys, everybody I've walked with has a different story everybody's got a different goal. And well, usually the goal in their life is to grow closer to Christ, but just the way we get there is different depending on their family situations, how they were brought up, where they're at in relationships, distractions that may be in their life. It's, there's no cookie cutter way, but there's nothing better than walking and encouraging and loving them. I think discipleship fails when we try to get to the end result without taking the proper steps. This isn't about fixing somebody. This is about walking with someone and being on the journey with them. A lot of times when I speak about discipleship and the mentoring journey, I have an illustration that I think brings it all together. Uh, I apologize to this group all in here that have seen this a couple of times, but I put up a roadmap of um, or the state of Indiana, and we talk about the discipleship journey and what our goals are in terms of uh, Indiana. Evansville being when you first develop that relationship with Christ, when you first accept him, Fort Wayne is where we want to get to. That's when we'll be in the presence of our maker someday. But it's the journey to continue to grow, to grow with him, uh, and to make that part of our life. So if I were to ask you, how do you get from Evansville to Fort Wayne, what would you say? I... Oh, good. I-69. I know it's a tough one right now, but so, so it would be I-69 is uh, how you would get there. So in um, a lot of my times that I've been with, the guys that I've been walking with, I will bring out this map and I'll say, okay, where do you see yourself on this map? And you might all in the room today just might be thinking about it. Where am I at in my relationship with Christ? Where am I at on that map? And typically, where are you at, John? Where are you at on the map? He's in Bedford. I'll tell you where he's at. <laughs> John's in Bedford. And you know what? The thing we do is we go, that's great. Look how far from the moment that you accepted Christ. Look how far you're up on that map. And what our goal is, is we always say, hey, by the end of the year, let's see if we can get to Bloomington. Or we can say, by the end of our sophomore year, let's see if we can get to Martinsville. 
Every time that we move up that map, our relationship grows with uh, Christ. But we know that it's always not a smooth road. Is I-69 smooth right now, especially around Bloomington? It's not. So, you know, we, um, we have to look at that too. Um, there's road construction, okay? Those are the troubles in life. Those are the bumps in the road. Those are the unanswered questions, and a lot of times those are the doubts. That slows us down on our journey. It really does because we've got to work through those things. If I try to work through those things all by myself, I'm probably not going to do very well. But gosh, if somebody's walking with me, if someone's walking with you, we can get through. We can get through those tough times. And the other thing, the, uh, there's alternate routes. And, you know, this would probably be where I would fall into, uh, especially when I was a, a young man. I probably think that I would know the better way to go. I would know the shortcut. I'd know the back road. And uh, a lot of times what you find is that the blacktop becomes gravel and the gravel becomes mud and you get stuck. You got to get back out and you got to get back on track. It's really hard when you're doing that by yourself. But it's a lot easier when someone's walking with you that says, hey, I've been down that road. Let's turn around and let's get back on track because our goal is to grow closer to Christ and be the man that he wants us to be. So that um, is what I use a lot of times. It seems, to, it seems to be effective, and it gives us even a personal goal in our mentorship and our discipleship journey. So um, mentoring and discipleship, as I say, it's a journey. It's a journey to grow our relationship with Christ, a journey from Evansville to Fort Wayne with all the obstacles, a journey just like Jesus told us when he said, in this life, you will have trouble. But keep on the course and trust him. Wouldn't it be amazing if we all had someone on the journey with us, encouraging us and loving us? I want to close by praying for all of you, but before, before we do, I'm going to ask you to do something uh, with me. I want everybody to close their eyes real tight, no peeking. I'm going to say a couple things, and then I'm going to pray. Uh, just close your eyes. Think of someone who has mentored you or discipled you. Someone who has changed your life. Fix on their face. Thank God for their presence in your life. If you're desiring someone to mentor you, to walk with you, to grow your faith in Christ, to love you unconditionally, maybe a face will appear to you. And if so, ask God to affirm that person to disciple you and boldly ask them to have that first cup of coffee. Father God, we are so grateful for the opportunity to come together as a community to worship you. Thank you for your son, whom we all want to grow closer to and to be able to model the love he showed and to share his story of peace and hope. Father, assembled today are people who need someone to walk with them to grow their faith and others who could be such a blessing to someone by taking them on a journey to grow them closer to you. We want to be a church that mentors across generations to bring closer, people closer to you. In your son's name, amen.